Hi, I'm Carmen LeBurge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LeBurge on Faith Radio. If we're Well, good morning. It is Monday. Let me just remind you of that again. It is Monday. Now, that's why our weather reports have been wrong, and that is why our streaming service is not functioning, because it's Monday. Hey, hey I got so. the weather reports corrected. Okay. <laughs> they should have loaded. They didn't. My bad. Uh, hey, we, yeah. are doing our, we are doing our best, and sometimes our best is, you know, subject to, yeah, correction. So, good morning. Mm-hmm. I'm Carmen LeBurge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen on the Faith Radio Network. Paul Perot is here as well. Good morning, sir. Good morning. <sighs> Let's just all week. take a deep breath, right? <sighs> Cleansing breath, yes. Yes. So um, you're going to be hosting the show every day after this this week. Cleansing so thank breath. you in advance. Cleansing breath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I am going to have uh, a little surgery on my neck tomorrow mm. to remove a melanoma. And Paul is graciously going to host the show not only tomorrow, but the rest of the week as well. Um, and so, Paul, thank you in advance. And everybody, um, you know, plan to support Paul and all the positiveness. Okay? I, I'll try not to break mm-hmm. it. I'll try not to no, break it. I'm not it. worried about it. Okay. <clears throat> That's just kind of, you know, Humpty Dumpty, man. It's kind of fun to try to put it all back together if you do. So there well, you there go. You go. Yeah, there's that. You know. There you go. All right. Um, so I found this headline interesting today out of uh, out of Houston. Yesterday um, was the day of mer- of remembrance um, for uh, Houston Crime Stoppers. Every year they have this day of remembrance, and um, and they have up until this year they have read the names of every person in Harris County um, who was the victim of a homicide. This year the list of names was too long. And so instead of reading the names, the names scrolled across a screen um, faster than, you know, they could actually be read aloud. So organizers said there are simply too many names to continue reading them aloud. Three or four years ago, um, we read the names and then and, and the ages, and then we just started reading their names. And now we can't even do that anymore because it would take hours. And so I want you to consider that for just a moment. First of all, what that says about the rise in violence um, to the level of the taking of another human life, um, and pause there for just a moment on that critical point, and then consider that every life matters, every person counts, and God knows every name. So just a few reminders today that um, even if those names were not read aloud here on earth, they are known in heaven and they are precious to God. Isaiah 43, 1 says, But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you, I have called you by name, and you are mine. In Exodus 33, the Lord says to Moses, This very thing that I have spoken I will do, for you have found favor in my sight. I know you by name. Jesus calls each of his disciples um, to himself and 
as a shepherd of the sheep, he says, I know you by name. Isaiah 49 um, starts with this verse. Listen to me, O coastlands, and give attention, you peoples from afar. The Lord called me from the, from the womb, from the body of my mother. He named me my name. Psalm 91, verse 14, because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him, says the Lord. I will protect him. I know his name. The Lord knows your name today. Let that be a comfort um, and encouragement. All right. I do also have news about Semper Supra, but I'm going to hold that off here for just a moment. Semper Supra. Always above. What does that mean? And what does it mean now in the age of Space Force? All right. We're going to talk with Dr. Linda Mental about anxiety and how to deal with it next. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Joining us now, Dr. Linda Mental. You can find her here at the Faith Radio Network at the Dr. Linda Mental Show. You can also find her online, drlindamental.com. Linda, welcome back. Good morning, Carmen. I'm glad we're talking about anxiety. Um, You've already mentioned three things that could give people anxiety, and that is you mentioned violence and homicide. You mentioned rising crime. You mentioned melanoma, which is uh, obviously a, a health concern. And then you mentioned that Paul's going to host your show. So. Big anxiety. <laughs> Big anxiety. <laughs> Big anxiety there. <laughs> well, and the people Lots in uh, in Florida in the in you know in the projected path of Hurricane Ian. Yes. We talked about that in the first hour. So yeah, I think that there are lots of causes for anxiety out there in the world. Talk with us about what anxiety is, its prevalence, um, and then uh, maybe touch on this new recommendation from um, the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force that doctors now screen all patients under the age of 65 um, for, um, for anxiety. Yeah, so anxiety is pretty well known to most people. It's that feeling of restlessness and your heart races and you feel stressed most of the time and you have this mental part of it that usually is about worry, uh, what if, what if, anxiety is very future focused. So it's always the, well, what if, what if something happens and this sort of fear that accompanies our lives when we're feeling anxious, fear is right in there with it. And the problem with it is it activates our stress system in our body and it keeps us on this sort of state of alert, which is not good for the physical body. And so there are tens of millions of people. I I don't know the latest statistic. It may be 40 million people, but it is the most common mental health concern uh, and problem that people struggle with. And we know that during the pandemic, uh, it really took uh, a rise the World Health Organization estimated that anxiety and depression both grew by 25% during the pandemic. So all of that stress that we all have experienced over, you know, the pandemic went on, it's still kind of going on with, uh, you know, two and a half years later, and now we're dealing with variants. And so this stress of isolation, people working at home was good in some ways, but harder for people with small children, uh, providing homeschooling, which a lot of families struggle to do. 
And then, you know, there's so many people that were dealing with so many different things that were just anxious all the time. And that is not good for our health. So what happened, as you mentioned, the U.S. Preventative Service Task Force, which is just, it's an independent group of experts, uh, medical experts. It's a volunteer panel. And what they do is they look at the evidence-based, they look at evidence-based medicine and they try to look at what could help prevent disease and then how do you best deal with disease. And so they made this new recommendation that doctors, like you mentioned, screen all patients under the age of 65, including those who are pregnant or postpartum for anxiety. And the reason I, I get asked all the time, well, what did, why did they cut it off at 65? Well, they, they looked at the research and they, they determined that when you get older in your 60s, that your well-being seems to get better uh, than younger people. Now, not for everybody, because I can certainly think of a lot of elderly people who are quite anxious, and but more so even depressed. So older people, when you look at their symptoms, often there is this overlap of what we sometimes think is just normal aging, but it could be anxiety, and there's a lot of depression. So there is a recommendation for people over 65 to be screened for a depression. That's already there. But this is one of the reasons why they sort of made this age cutoff. And the thinking is that, you know, if they screen, then maybe we'll detect these uh, mental health conditions sooner. This is the whole point of all screenings, right? Whether it's a medical screening, maybe you'll find an early stage of a disease. Um, you know, just like with you, I, I went in for my dermatology screening and they found a basal cell carcinoma that I had excited, you know, had an excision on. So that's good. You're screening. You want to prevent things from happening. So screenings are a way for doctors to talk to you, to, you know, ask you about your life. And then the hope is that if you screen for anxiety, maybe by answering some broad questions, filling out a little, you know, little survey, um, or just them asking you a few questions that maybe they can pick this up earlier. So um, when you think about this, do you have any particular concerns? Yeah, the biggest concern I had when I first uh, read the recommendation was I, I, because I teach medical students and I work with physicians every day. And I'm thinking, how are they going to add this into their already very busy schedule? So this is a recommendation primarily for primary care doctors. Well, what we know is that the average primary care doctor has about eight minutes per patient in their very busy schedule. So you think about all the different screenings. I mean, they're screening for so many different diseases uh, along the way uh, that, you know, all these chronic health, you have to ask about hypertension and heart issues, and they're supposed to screen for substance use and domestic violence and uh, diet and all these, you know, cancers that come up. And I think, how are they going to work this in? to all the other things that they're supposed to be screening for. And that is a concern that the physicians have, is there's so many things we're supposed to do in these very short visits that we have with patients. How do we get all this in? Yeah, and, and I would second, say another, yeah, another concern would, would simply be the lack of resources. If, yes. I mean, if an additional 25% of the U.S. population is suddenly diagnosed with anxiety mm-hmm. and or related um, disorders, we don't have mental health uh, services capacity to serve the people who are already diagnosed with mental That's illnesses right. and mental health challenges. How, That's I mean, right. What's the capacity building out there related to this? It's, it's a real problem. I mean, even for years, you know, I've worked in, in the mental health field. And when I need to send someone to 
a psychiatrist, the wait is usually three to six months, even in the best systems. And if you're struggling with depression and you're feeling suicidal or you're feeling highly anxious and it's distressing you and it's impairing you, you don't want to wait six months to get an appointment to try to maybe get some help for that. So that is the biggest concern is that we have a shortage of doctors, first of all. And then you talk about rural areas. So all of our listeners in rural places where they know that their community may not even have a psychiatrist, may not even have someone uh, in mental health that can help them and they have to drive an hour. And then we're talking about access to care. And even, you know, if there's services an hour away, can you get there? Do you have transportation? Can you take off of your job? Can you make an appointment and spend a half a day going somewhere? That's not reasonable for most people. So the, the working this out in practical terms is really a, an important thing that has to be thought about because when you do a screening, the expectation is then you send people to get the help and get the needed resources. And with all the shortages around the country, it could be uh, that it's a waste of time. Or I thought it's going to make people even more anxious. Now I'm screened and I've been told that I might have some anxiety issues and now there's nobody for me to see or it's going to take me a long time to get in and get help. So we need more funding uh, for mental health. We keep saying that over and over. We need to, we're trying to, in the medical school end of it, we're trying to create more residencies because when you create residencies, which is what a medical student goes into to become a doctor, then eventually that means that those residencies will employ people in their area typically and you'll get more people going in to be a doctor. So the more residencies you have available and that has not happened in a long time. There has not been a, a surge in residencies, yet we need more doctors. So there's a lot of issues involved in this. All right. So in um, in Linda's book, Letting Go of Worry, she um, she talks about anxiety and she talks about seven practical ways that you and I could actually stop being anxious right now. You want to stop being anxious? Seven practical ways up next with Dr. Linda Mental. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show we do on the Faith Radio Network every day. There is a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources waiting for you to take advantage of and share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. Be sure to check us out on social media as well. Um, this is a community of believers, and we gather together here and we all need prayer, and, well, we'd love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer. We pray for specific requests every single week when we gather on Tuesdays and Thursdays as a staff. So share your prayer request with us anonymously and securely on our website at MyFaithRadio.com, and then be assured of our prayers for you in the Spirit of Christ. Check it all out at MyFaithRadio.com. Now I'm alive and born again, All right, you are listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. We're talking with Dr. Linda Mental. I don't want to create any anxiety right now. So this list of seven things you can do right now to relieve your anxiety um, are contained in a post by Dr. Linda Mental. And that uh, link is going to be included in today's show notes. So it'll be up later at MyFaithRadio.com um, in today's um, show notes. Also, if you subscribe to the podcast, then when it, when you click on your podcast link, the show notes come up as well, or there's a link to them. So take a deep breath because that's where we start. You, um, Linda, you outline seven 
um, ways in Let Go of Worry, uh, seven practical ways to say goodbye to um, to worry and or anxiety. So can we just walk through them quickly? Yeah, and so I like that first one because Paul already was doing it. Remember, he's going to host your show, and he was saying he has to take a calming breath. <laughs> but actually breathing is just such an easy, simple thing for people to do. When you, when you feel that stress in your body and you feel yourself starting to get anxious, the, the whole point of breathing is it slows everything down and it engages a part of your nervous system that is calming. So it really does do some good. And then I think the, the second one that is related to that, Carmen, that we don't always think about, but it really is good for anxiety and stress and is exercising. Just getting your body uh, moving and a workout can really calm down that body because it, again, engages parts of your nervous system in a good way where it starts to calm you down and to help you feel all better. So when people are anxious, you know, one of the things that they do is they go to the gym or they try to go out for a walk. And and if you walk in nature, not in a city, but in nature, that is also known to be a very calming uh, way to help and deal with anxiety. So walking in a park, you know, finding a very beautiful place to just sit and to look out at a lake in Minnesota where where this show originates. There's so many beautiful lakes and beautiful places to stay um, that you can go into nature and feel calm. And then it, it's that. really it's really good to it's really good to when you're stressed to talk to somebody. And it's not just that you're saying things to people. What happens is your brain is wired to be in connection with other people. That's how God designed our brain. We're wired for other people. And when we just socially connect with another person, again, there's a part of the body that gets into that fight or flight. It's called our sympathetic nervous system, and it just gets into a ready to fight or flight. It's the stress response that we all have. When somebody comes alongside you and just is with you, it starts to calm down that fight or flight response. In fact, there was a really interesting study. There was a, a, a study that was done where they put people in front of a hill and they said, okay, estimate how steep that hill is. So a person gave the number and then they brought in uh, a person and they put another person standing three feet away, not even facing the same direction as the person and not talking to the person. So the person was just standing there facing the opposite way, three feet away. And then they said, okay, estimate the steepness of a hill. What happened is that just the presence of another person led the estimation to be way lower. So people looked at that and they went, oh, just having another person next to me, I estimated my challenges or the steepness of a hill to be so much more less. So it reduces stress when you have another person with you. And I think there's a great spiritual application for that too, because we always talk about the presence of God in our lives and that God is in us. He's with us. He's always there. And if we can tap into the idea that even when we're anxious and we're stressed, that God is with me, that presence is calming in and of itself. So that is a spiritual weapon that we all have that's not mentioned in any of the evidence-based treatments, but it's certainly <laughs> right. an evidence-based treatment for the, the, the believer, right, is that you have so that good. presence. Yeah. All right. So um, I'm going to read the list. Um, here are seven things you can do right now to say goodbye to worry. The book is Letting Go of Worry. Dr. Linda Mental is the author. Take a deep breath. Have a conversation or distract your brain. 
um, exercise, engage in self-care. All right. This is, um, well, that would be one of my favorites for sure. Um, Listen to music, probably the right kind of music. Um, Living in the moment. We're going to circle back to that one here in just a second because I want you to focus on that um, in the minute we have left, Linda. And then meditate on the word of God. Obviously, God gives us his word um, as a tremendous resource. Talk with us about living in the moment. So anxiety, as I mentioned, is one of those future-focused thoughts and feelings. So what if, what if, what if? So part of the work is always to be, you know, God is with me now. He's in my life. He's taking care of me. He's in control. So rather than the what if, just focus on them now and focus on what God has you doing now. Be intentional. Think about the blessings that you have, what's happening good in your life. The the song that we sing, focus on the goodness of God, that he's always been faithful to me. And right now in this place, God can keep me in that perfect peace if I keep my mind stayed on him. So it's living in the moment, not worrying about what is going to happen in the future and what if something happens. Amen. As always, Linda, um, thank you so much. You guys want to Catch the Dr. Linda Mental Show here on the Faith Radio Network. You can also find it at MyFaithRadio.com. Um, and you can visit her online at DrLindaMental.com. As always, thank you so much. All right. Be blessed. Be relaxed. Take your, care of yourself. And uh, hopefully we'll be praying for you and hear you very soon back on the radio. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Hey, let's take a break for Breakpoint. All right, I'm going to take one minute to talk about the U.S. Space Force and Semper Supra because I keep saying I'm going to talk about it and I haven't gotten to it yet. And I don't know when I'm going to get to it if I don't talk about it right now. So here we go. Space Force now has an official anthem of its own. And that anthem of the U.S. Space Force, which is the newest military branch established in 2019, has now officially adopted its own song. That song is Semper Supra. It was unveiled during the 2022 Air Force Association Airspace and Cyber Conference on September the 20th, and I have not heard it yet, I confess, but every branch of the armed forces has an official song um, from uh, the Army Goes Rolling Along to uh, the Marines' hymn, So, you know, some of them you're probably now singing in your head. Semper Supra is named after the um, U.S. Space Force motto, which is Latin for always above, created to capture the, like, the spirit of this idea that um, we are going to have these guardians. That's going to be what they're called, right? They're not Marines. They're guardians. And they... um, uh, you know, are going to provide protection from above. And so that got me thinking, um, who is really always above? And how might we as Christians bring God into this conversation about, you know, always above? Well, God is always above. Ephesians 4, 4 to 6, talking about um, the body uh, and the unity of the body, the unity of the spirit— there is one body, there is one spirit, even as you are called in the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and then here it is, 
one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in all. Several places in the Psalms where um, this sentiment is echoed, I'm going to just choose the one from Psalm 97, verse 9, but it's, it, it's echoed throughout the Psalms. For you are the Lord most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. So who is above all? Well, above all is God. And when you think about um, the ultimate guardian above all, Let us not be looking to the hills or even to the space force. Let us be sure we are looking all the way to the Lord our God. Ronnie Kurtz is going to join us next. We're going to talk about theology. And before you roll your eyes and, and, you know, and say, oh, I don't have any interest in theology. Theology is simply, you know, the way we're thinking about God and then how we're thinking, how we're applying what we're thinking about God to real life. So we're going to talk with Ronnie Kurtz about fruitful theology. When you think about the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, how are we living those out in our day-to-day lives? Fruitful theology up next here on Mornings with Carmen. You got me singing like So, you know, in the uh, in the spirit of some things make us anxious when we can't connect with people who we thought we had planned to talk to. Um, if you know Ronnie Kurtz and you want to give him a call uh, and say, you know, good morning, Monday morning, wakey, wakey, uh, then we'll talk with him. Otherwise, we're going to carry on amongst ourselves. So I am Carmen LaBerge listening to Mornings with Carmen on the Faith Radio Network. We are anticipating a conversation with Professor Ronnie Kurtz on his new book, Fruitful Theology. Um, but in the meantime, we'll talk about some other things. So as I am uh, surveying the headline news right now, what's going on uh, on sort of the chirons uh, that scroll across the screens of the major networks, NASA crashed, uh, crashed a spacecraft into an asteroid to protect us, which I view as kind of a cool thing. Um, and so here we go. A NASA spacecraft deliberately slammed into an asteroid to determine if this kind of mission could help deflect space objects posing a threat to Earth. So, you know, I felt like in the the spirit of Space Force, oh, it's actually not happening until this evening. The NASA double asteroid redirection test. You know, isn't it fun how they come up with acronyms so that, you know, they're fun? So the acronym is DART, is aiming to make history at 7.14 p.m. Eastern time. That is when it is scheduled to uh, make its, uh, you know, encounter, have its encounter where the satellite will slam into the asteroid. There you go. That's something to talk about. Um, Giorgio Maloney has uh, claimed victory in the general election um, in Italy. So she will be Italy's first female prime minister, And one of the things that you're going to hear, depending on uh, who you hear it from, is that she is an extreme far-right activist. Well, from other quarters, you're going to hear that she's a deeply conservative um, Christian politician. She regards abortion as a tragedy. Um, She makes very explicit pro-life arguments. She also makes very explicit direct arguments related to identity. Um, And so you um, are likely going to hear more about her 
not only here in the United States, but um, on the global scene as well. So there's a couple of of headlines right now related to that. Now, let's talk um, for a moment about Russia and Ukraine and what's going on there. We talked at the end of last week about the fact that Russia was uh, planning on holding a quote unquote election uh, in four um, parts of Ukraine. Well, we now know that uh, Russian soldiers went door to door armed with rifles um, and invited people to vote. Mm hmm. On a referendum, you know, acknowledging that the the country that they lived in was, in fact, not Ukraine, but Russia and and that they wanted their portion of Ukraine to be Russian. So that's obviously a sham or a mock election process. But that is what is but that is going on. Um, Russian President Vladimir Putin has threatened the use of nuclear weapons. Um, and there are those who are saying that. That actually could be a reality, including the Ukrainian president, Volodymyr Zelensky. Uh, he said yesterday on CBS um, this morning, uh, I don't think he's bluffing. I don't think he's bluffing. Um, and so there are protests erupting across Russia after Putin's mobilization announcement. Um, more than 2,300 people have been detained Um and there are, quote unquote, wartime punishments being um, being levied against Russians who um, who are opposing their uh, their government's invasion of their neighbor, Ukraine. So those are some of the things going in um, on the on the world front. Um, it's Rosh Hashanah, uh, the Jewish New Year. That is certainly of note. A few things maybe to know about Rosh Hashanah. It's, um, you know, it's been celebrated for over a thousand years. It started on Sunday. Um, and so when you, when you think about um, what you know, uh, what you know about Rosh Hashanah or what you don't know, or maybe what you should know, I don't know, here are a few things I know about Rosh Hashanah. Um, it marks the beginning of Jewish High Holy Days. Uh, it is the occasion for reflection. It's um. Uh, it's a time. There's a there's this traditional horn called the shofar that is blown um, during Rosh Hashanah. It is, um, you know, it's something that has been um, celebrated obviously for a, a millennia. Uh, first celebrated um, or instituted in the Book of Leviticus. That would be the place where you would want to turn. Um, the first day of the seventh month um, marked as this day of rest and the blowing of this horn. And thus, um, Rosh Hashanah. Uh, it's, a, it's a time um, when our Jewish neighbors reflect on the coming year. Rosh Hashanah actually uh, means head of the year or beginning of the year. It's a two-day holiday. Um, and so if you've got Jewish co-workers, they may not be at work today because it is, in fact, Rosh Hashanah. It's also referred to as the Day of Judgment, traditionally um, the time when Jews consider how they might have failed or fallen short in the past year, um, time of reflection and um, and ultimately coming before the Lord to cast off their sins. Um, and so throwing morsels of bread into a body of water is a part of um, one of the traditions of Rosh Hashanah. So there you go. I don't know, a few things that I know about Rosh Hashanah. It might be interesting. I mean, the the eating of the sweet um, challah bread, um, challah spelled C-H-A-L-L-A-H, if you've never had challah, this braided bread that's then dipped in honey 
um, let me just tell you, get invited to a Rosh Hashanah um, dinner party <laughs> because that challah bread is, that is some good, that is some good tasty business. Um, all right, when you think about um, celebrations, you think about celebrations that might be upcoming, um, what makes days holy? How do we set them apart? What does it mean for us to be set apart as sanctified unto the Lord? Maybe we'll talk for a minute um, if we're if we're still uh, not able to connect with Ronnie Kurtz. Maybe we'll talk here in just a minute about Jesus's prayer in John 17 and the portion of it where he says to the Father, sanctify him, sanctify them, sanctify them in truth. And then Jesus says, you know, I, I sanctify myself, I consecrate myself that they might be sanctified. What does it mean to be sanctified? And, and how does that happen? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. All joy, no stress, no worries, I'm blessed. From early in the morning to the crickets in the sun unsaid, yeah. So where in the word are you today? I'm Carmen LeBurge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. This is the Faith Radio Network. Um, I am in John 17 in part because that is where... Um, our congregation is in our study of God's word together. And so we have been in John 17 for several weeks. We have been in the um, in the last chapters of John, um, John 13 to 17 for several months. And we've been in the gospel of John for, I don't know, the better part of the year. So um, we go by, verse by verse. That's the way that the congregation of which I'm a part, um, Grace Community Church in Nashville. It's the way we um, study the word of God together and uh, so yesterday, the uh, the passage from John 17, where we arrived, um, is where Jesus is acknowledging before the Father um, that his time is short here upon the earth, and he's praying ardently for, um, for his disciples. And so I'm going to read verses 13 to 19 of John chapter 17. And again, this is in, this is in the midst of Jesus's prayer which is the um, entirety of, of John chapter 17. But let's just read these few verses. John chapter 17, verses 13 to 19. Jesus speaking to the Father, I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they, his disciples, may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they're not of the world anymore. Um, any more than I am of the world. My prayer is that you, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They're not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. You have sent me into the world and I have sent them into the world. For them, I sanctify myself 
that they too may be truly sanctified. So when you think about um, Jesus, who he is and what he is about to endure on our behalf, this prayer is really extraordinary. Jesus is acknowledging to the Father as the Son, I am coming to you now. He's also acknowledging that he's saying these things out loud for the benefit of the disciples who are hearing him. Um, Jesus could have, uh, you know, he could have silently prayed this prayer and we would not have it. Um, But he graciously prayed this prayer out loud that not only would prayer and the practice of prayer be revealed to us and how it's done and how intimate it can be, but that the, the things that he was praying for us would be known. Isn't it precious to know the things that Jesus has prayed for you? Are you pursuing the things that Jesus has prayed? That's just a great question to ask ourselves today. Um, Jesus then says to the Father, I have given them your word and your world and the world has hated them. Let's think about that for just a moment. Jesus has invested the word within his disciples. That which Jesus has spoken is the very word of God. Jesus himself is the very word of God made flesh to dwell among us full of grace and truth. And he gives himself and he gives the word of God freely to us. And for that, the world hates us. So we shouldn't be surprised by that. Why? Well, we're not of the world any more than Jesus is of the world. Jesus is in the world, but not of it. You and I, as his disciples, are in the world, but not of it. And he prays for us. Not that God the Father would evacuate us out of the world. No. But that in the world, God would protect us from the evil one. As you pray the Lord's Prayer, and you you pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Lead us not into temptation, but what? Deliver us from evil protect us from the evil one. We are, you are praying in unison with the Son before the Father. If you've ever wondered, am I praying in a way that is going to absolutely align with the will of the Father? Yes, because you are praying a prayer of the Son. When Jesus says, protect them from the evil one, he, he is telling us that we, we can pray that prayer as well because it's perfectly aligned with the Father's will, spoken in the voice of the Son. That's incredible. Jesus then says again, they're not of the world, even as I am not of it. We, friends, we are in the world, but we're not of it anymore. This world is not our home. We are citizens of a kingdom and, um, and ambassadors of a king that is, that is not of this world. There's great joy and confidence in that. And there's also this longing that that produces within us to be home. And then Jesus says this. Then again, this is Jesus, the Christ, just before he goes to the cross, praying to God the Father on behalf of his disciples, sanctify them by, by truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them, I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. A lot of repetition there of one particular word, sanctify, sanctified, sanctification. This process of becoming more and more conformed to the image of Christ by one degree of glory to another. Are you cooperating with the Holy Spirit right now? Jesus has prayed the prayer. 
Father, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Are you and I pursuing the sanctification for which Jesus has prayed? Are we, are we pursuing the sanctification for which Jesus sanctified himself? Listen to that last, last verse, verse 19 of John 17. For them I sanctify myself. Jesus is saying, I set myself apart. I go to the cross. I come to glory that these, my disciples, the people who believe and receive me, that they too may be truly sanctified, set apart, made holy, made instruments of God's use, conformed to, um, uh, to God's desire and God's work. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. For them I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. But nestled within there is the Great Commission. If you've ever wondered, does the Gospel of John include the Great Commission? It certainly does. In the very words of Jesus, in this high priestly prayer in John 17, verse 18, where he says, as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. Friends, you and I have a great commission. We are a great commission of fellow believers, people who are not only justified, but people who are actively being sanctified by the truth. And God's word is truth. So again, I ask, where in the word are you today? Are you pursuing that which Christ is praying that you would be sanctified? You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. That is Simper Supra. Thank you, Paul Perot, for tracking it down. Hey, we um, we just got word. Um, uh, our guest, Ronnie Kurtz, who was to be with us, um, his mother-in-law unexpectedly passed away last night. So let's lift up the Kurtz family and all that they are dealing with um, this morning. Again, storms are always on the horizon. They arrive in waves um, that threaten to undo us. But we're going to be people who find ourselves on the sure footing and the firm foundation of Jesus Christ, who alone is our rock and our salvation. So let's lift up the Kurtz family. Father, you are um, the giver of life, and in life and in death, we belong to you. So um, tend now tenderly to the Kurtz family at, at the loss of, um, of this precious grandma, and um, grant them your grace today. Surround them with, with your believing community um, flood them with uh, wonderful memories. And Father, um, may the resurrection power of your son, Jesus Christ, be amplified, not only in her life, but through her death. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, friends, um, today, as we go forth into the world that God so loves, let's do so in ways that honor Jesus. Let's, um, let's be people who expect always the unexpected, not with anxiety, but in the anticipation of miracles, knowing that with God, all things are possible and that he is good. We have a good, good father. Let's be turning to him today. Let's be soaking and saturating our lives in his word. Let's be sharing his goodness and his grace with others by um, people whose lives are bearing good and righteous fruit always and in all ways. Let's be extending the good news of the gospel of Jesus. Let's let's be people who are following Jesus into the world, um, bearing public, positive witness to the reality 
of the goodness and the grace of God. That's what I'm going to do. You in it with me? Thanks so much for being here. You can uh, download the podcast later and get all the show notes at MyFaithRadio.com. Paul Perot will be hosting the show the rest of the week, and I will be back, God willing, on Monday. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.